All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now. Without question, it's Jay Rosehill's favorite day of the week. It's hump day, the Wednesday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Rosie, you love that joke off the bat, don't you? Yeah, it warms me up to hear your your one-line zingers. Hey, you're welcome, but I feel more optimistic on this Wednesday, and we'll get into the reason why. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, smash that like button, leave us a review. Again, visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest happening uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and there's always a lot happening, as you all know. But thoughts, comments, concerns, or questions, stay interactive here in the YouTube chat and on Twitter. Anything you have to get off your chest, let us know. But looking back at last night, first and foremost, a 4-3 loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. And you hammered it yesterday. You said it. The local products always come to play. And lo and behold, Mimico Ontario's own Riley Smith, two goals, scores a shorty first, and then scores the game-winning goal. Just your general impressions to start on that game last night, Rosie. Yeah, he must have had his Grammy in the stands watching him. A little extra oomph, as t- guys tend to do when they come home to T-Dot. But uh, honestly, yeah, I mean, this has got to be the best you're feeling after a loss, I would think. I mean, I know you get a little worked up sometimes, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pleased with that game. It could have gone either way, man. And, uh, yeah. you know, just that compete level is high, that puck battle. Um, hunger is high and a couple mistakes here and there, no doubt, but that game could have gone either way. So I'm, I'm still impressed. And, uh, I, I just like the way this team's chugging along right now. I'd be the first to admit I was dead wrong on the Vegas Golden Knights, by the way, Bruce Cassidy has just done a tremendous job. They've won eight in a row and they're playing with the Vegas team. We thought we'd see last season, right? They're heavy on the back end. Jack Eichel has been really, really good. We saw in the game and the broadcast yesterday, this guy dominates the Toronto Maple Leafs in terms of offense that continued in that game, but we haven't given that team enough credit, right? Like they're a perennial contender in your opinion, right? Yeah, they seem to be. I mean, they kind of, uh, 
you know, they came out of the gates hot when they got that expansion draft and they haven't really looked back. And, and like you said, you thought last year would kind of be their ticket, but they got everyone firing up right now and doing what they need to do with their with their big boys and they're deep on the back end and they got their studs. And yeah, they're a solid looking team, obviously, after eight in a row right now, they're rolling. So I think they're going to be someone that uh, needs to be feared in the West for sure. And selfishly, I took a flyer on Logan Thompson two weeks ago to win the Calder Trophy. I understand he's 25, but uh, I thought he was real dialed in last night. The Leafs threw everything but the kitchen sink at him. And full credit to him, I have this theory that left-handed goalies can't do anything in the NHL. So anytime one does, I have to give them credit. So credit to Logan Thompson gets another win. And Vegas in general has just been totally outstanding and overwhelming in the Pacific Division, in the Western Conference, in the NHL to start this season. With that in mind, let's get over the boards. You see it on the bottom of your screen, Rosie, as you take a, a sip, presumably, of coffee, I hope, and it's nothing else. Uh, but we're, we're the moral victory guys on this Wednesday. At least I am. Mr. Optimistic. It is, yeah. I am. I'm, I'm usually the pessimistic one of the two in this pairing. But I'm optimistic. And you know why? It was a tough three-game stretch. You play Boston. You play Carolina on the back-to-back. And then you play the Vegas Golden Knights. If you were to tell me back on Friday this team would win two of those three games and get five out of a possible six points, I would take it, Rosie. Big time. Anybody would. Anyone in the league would take five out of six out of that uh, out of that little spread there. And I mean, you got to go back to you know they got both their their big boy tenders injured, and you got your third string injured. We haven't even seen him. We're not going to see him for a long time. Your fourth string's in there. And, I mean, he's doing quite well. I The only thing I can say about Chalgren last night is I wish he just had one of those game-saving stops, you know, where you get that one yeah. big save where it's like, thank God, and that, then you're rolling. One of those. I could see maybe three opportunities. He could have got that big save. But um, as far as how they were playing in front of him <sighs> – I loved it. I mean, some of the some of the goals. I mean, that one that jumps over Sandine's stick, the first goal early there. I mean, that's just that's just shit that happens, man. You're on the you're on the point. You got no support because you're on the point. Pucks bounce to you. It just bobbles over your stick, and the guy's right there, and you're flat footed. I mean, that happens, man. There's nothing you can do about it. That's just part of the game. Um, Lilligren's turnover there. He just totally whiffed the puck. Just totally whiffed it. That there's nothing. What are you gonna do? Yell at him and say, "Don't whiff the puck." Well, no shit. Right. I love the yeah. way he had poise. He had he had some patience there. He saw his play and he went to lay a hard, confident play and just happened to whiff it. What do you, what do you think? He, you see the two shots he, he got off. You think that guy can't handle a puck? He knows what he's doing. That's just an anomaly. Right. Some of the mistakes that happen are just ah, shit happens type of mistakes. They weren't like the October mistakes where it's like panicking. Yeah. Um, freaking out, not knowing where anyone is, no support, running around with your head off type of mistakes. They were they were ones you can live with for sure. So, I mean, that game, like I said, could have gone either way. You get a big save or one of those little fumbles doesn't happen and all of a sudden the game's yours. So I, I just like the way they're playing, dude. You know, I would disagree with you on Shalgren. I thought specifically in the second period, he made two or three stops on like semi-breakaways. It seemed like there was a five-minute run where Vegas got breakaway after breakaway after odd man rush. And he made the stop. So I'm going to give him credit. I know it was only 16 saves out of 20 shots, but I thought a lot of them were in high, high danger opportunities and chances for the Vegas Golden Knights. So it's like another pass for me in the Shulgren world as we get closer and closer potentially to Matt Murray coming back 
I know Ilya Samsonov was already on the ice yesterday. I don't know what to make of that just yet, but I think all in all, again, I'm pleased. Um, you know, they, they played much better, and we'll get into the compete level of this team coming up uh, in topic number three of the show. But when you when you break it down, and I'm not one to break down tape, you look at the four goals for Vegas. You mentioned Sandin. You mentioned Lilligren. The shorthanded goal, like, it, it was the tough miss of the net. Rolls around, and next thing you know, it's an odd man rush. And then the game-winning goal by Riley Smith, I thought was poor gap control. And, you know, it was a guy guilty, Mitch Marner, who doesn't play defense, who we try to anoint the defenseman to start the year. And next thing you know, Toronto loses another game in overtime. What's the deal with this? Yeah, I mean, that's all Marner right there. You can see the play. It comes up in the neutral zone. Yeah, um, I think it was Riley had his guy. Austin, you can hear him on the tape yelling, I got him, I got him. He goes up. So, and Mitch just keeps floating towards the dot, leaving the front completely, or the middle completely exposed. You know, guy yeah. curls up with some speed. And I mean, fuck, he didn't react to that, like, until <laughs> no. the guy was 10 feet past him. He, he like, was still hitting his brakes when the guy was in stride at the blue line where he should have been. It was like, Mitch, I know. And those guys, you know, that three-on-three three is so exciting. I love it because yeah. it's just so back and forth, so wide open. One guy makes one play at one end, and it's gone the other end. And, you know, the transition and the thought process from offense to defense is so instantaneous that it kind of takes a special a special guy to do it really well. But obviously, Mitch Marner is a guy who's thinking offense, offense, offense. It's, it's kind of frustrating because it's like, dude, don't think so much offense that yeah. as soon as they get the puck, you're completely useless because, you know, you can't play three on two or it's going to be in the back of your net. So... It is that that was one of the things I said. Well, that's one that I want back. The other mistakes I can handle, but that's just like, what are you doing, Mitch? You're they have the puck, they have the puck the whole time. You got to be protecting the middle and thinking defense first until you get the puck, at least. He wasn't doing that at all. So that's kind of an annoying shot because it's in the back of your net game over after a really solid performance, you know, through and through. But you know, shit happens, and it's kind of frustrating that they got scored on shorthanded, and then that was kind of a a pretty obvious uh, mistake on on the three on three. But, you know, like you say, five out of six points, I stick to the positives and I'm rolling with it. So, you know, clean that up a little bit. Hopefully they learn from it. I could, you could tell that he was like, damn it, that's on me. So, you know, lesson learned, hopefully. I was laughing. A buddy texted me, Mitch giveth, Mitch taketh away. Cause I, I thought Marner was good last night. I, I think by yeah. far through what, 13 games in the season, they're what, seven, four and three in the early going. So 14 games. I thought by far it was his best effort. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I thought so. I mean, that that goal was just all off of off of stick battles won and being hard on the puck yeah. and being tough on your stick and and not doing the floaty dancey jump around traffic bullshit. It was I'm going right through all these guys. I'm keeping the puck and it was just a strong effort. And you know, him and Matthews, that top line was was jumping on pucks and digging and mm -hmm. grinding and getting that damn thing. And like you say, that's a strong compete level. So that's what this team was missing in October. And that's the thing that frustrates, I think, a lot of the fans is like, where is that goddamn effort, the compete level, right? Like when when they don't show it, it's it's obvious. And I haven't seen that ugly, it looks like a lazy team um, from October. I haven't seen that in four games. It's like a thing of the past. So hopefully that stays true and that they're actually finding, you know, ways to to access that and to bring it every night. So all you can say is in the last four games, you know, pleasantly surprised um you know we're excited for the future and you know the schedule kind of eases up a little bit here for the rest of the week which is nice for them and as we know they have a tendency to play down to the level of the teams they play so hopefully they can 
they can fix that as well because those losses against teams they should be beating, they, they can't happen forever. That's ugly. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. So how about your guy, Timothy Liljegren? His third game of the season, by the way, it sounds like that's the way he wants it pronounced, Liljegren. Two goals, plus one, four hits, 1842, and he goes cheddar on both those. Like, both those goals are probably better than any goal you scored in your life, probably, right? Wired. Well, I put up a couple pretty (laughs) ones, but you got to go pretty deep into YouTube. Yeah, he can shoot the puck, man. I didn't know he could shoot it like that. Like, the first goal, absolutely wired, one-touch wire, fire side, and then the second one was just good night as well. So, I didn't know he could shoot like that. I love it. I just call him Lily. I can't pronounce that. Uh... That type yeah. of stuff where they got it's all not their your forte. weird. It's not my favorite. It's not my thing. I'm just yeah. calling them Lily Baby. So, yeah, I think he's a great addition. I think some dummy, if you look at your tweet saying, "Is a Lilligren going to be a, a difference maker?" and some donkey just wrote, "No, I actually know him." So I said, "Your tweet aged real well tonight, hey bud." Mm-hmm. But he was a huge mm-hmm. difference maker last night. It's good to have him back there, and uh, you know, and who who fed him that first pass there, like total from the corner cross crease hard to see that with vision that's david camp man he's chipping in offensively i i just love him fourth line center man he's my boy right now so nice to have him back he made a difference last night got us a point for sure and i think he's a nice addition to the back end there what are you feeling as far as uh how things are shaping out i just want to touch on the fact that justin hole or or was hole hole was out there with a minute left in a tie game just yeah. a head scratcher, man. Just a head scratcher. But I guess they're just trying to get him into it. But what's your thoughts on the back end there right now? Starting to round out a bit. Well, for, yeah, firstly, I know a friend of the show, uh, Jeff O'Neill, kept pointing out on the broadcast last night that they kept starting each period with the fourth line. They got scored on in the first minute of the game. That's another story, by the way. Toronto centered a goal in the first minute of a period five times this season. Nobody's even close. Number two, your bottom six continues to muck it up. You love to see that. And then on Lilligren, like, yeah, he's been a pleasant surprise. I think there's no question they need to add in the back end. But all in all, through three games, I think he's brought a bit of stability and something this team was looking to see and and needed direly right after that that dreadful October. In a perfect world, though, like, Rosie, what, what's your forecast? Like, what do you see Timothy Lilligren being? I, I know he's still relatively young. He's just 33 with the opportunity still to thrive and grow into a better role and a bigger role in the NHL. 
But to me, he's probably a top four minute muncher and sort of like your hybrid shutdown guy who can chip in offensively from time to time what he showed last night. Would you agree with that assessment or or can you dream bigger with a guy like Lilia Grimm? Well, I, I hope that's the case. My biggest thing is to see is to get that that reliability on, on defense, like to be, you know, if Mark Giordano, like in the last minute, I want Gio out there. He just he just yeah. understands the game. He doesn't throw it away. He knows when it's a high uh, um, you know, a high stress situation and a, in a dangerous situation. And he, he protects before anything else on that. Some other guys have a tendency to just, Oh God, unload. And when you do that in this league, they can smell it and they can read it and they pick it off and it's in the back of your net. Uh, Gio doesn't do that. And I want, you know, to have another layer of that with Lily back there and, you know, playing with Morgan Riley, um, to have that, stability back there where you know that they're not going to cough that puck up we can put the hammer down on the forwards and you know you got a safety valve back there with our defense and then if he's shooting the puck and jumping in offensively like he did last night I mean that's even better I think he can be a like you say a really top a really solid top four defenseman and you know if he just keeps getting better and better like you say his age is he old absolutely not is he super young no he's kind of in that wheelhouse for a defenseman where you're developed you're ready to go you've had some experience and it's time to shine and I mean three games in he's had a, a bit of a hiatus there with some injuries and he stepped yeah. right in last night he didn't look like he was missing a beat he looked confident he looked solid so um i really want him to be a presence in this lineup and, and like you say be a top four guy that you can really rely on yeah i think you're bang on with that um i think they direly need a guy like this to elevate and step up whether it be internally i think rasmus sandine has had a uh, up and down start to his season so like they need this from Lilligren. like whether he likes it or not he's going to play more over 18 minutes last night I think he's been really, really steady in the first couple of games, and it's been a great development. Granted, the sample size is small, but if he can elevate into a top four guy at the very least, I think they're going to be very, very happy with the progression of Timothy Liljegren. Speaking of very happy, compete level. Now, call me crazy, but hasn't watching the past few games proved a point that they weren't working hard enough in the month of October, Rosie? Like, I don't know about you. I was even more enraged with the start to this season watching the game last night. I'm like, who are these guys? It wasn't my beer league team anymore. Of course, you're mad. instead of being happy with how they're playing, you're mad at how they weren't playing before. No, but do you, do you get it. my point that I'm, do you understand what I'm trying to say though? A hundred percent. And I agree with you. Um, through those ugly losses and like people would yell at you going, what do you mean? They're not trying or their effort isn't there. Are you kidding me? Like if you were to go and ask them as your effort level there, they would be like, get the hell out of here. What do you think we're not trying? But it's like you could pull up clips of, you know, the mm -hmm. beef of those games and be like, here's a puck battle. Here's, you know, a chance to beat someone to the puck. Here's a 50-50 um, puck that, you know, you watch the guy get and then try to get it. Here's you stick sweeping instead of getting the hell in there. Here's you just trying to lift a stick from the outside instead of getting in there and winning a puck battle. Like all these compete, compete, compete things that – coaches just fucking pry on all the time like compete 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 it becomes like a stagnant word because they use it so much but it's it's so crucial to winning man when you get all those guys just going like bulldogs and i don't care if you if you're a fourth line guy you better be going like a bulldog on every single puck on every single shift and if you're a stud you got to work to get your cookies you got to work to get to the open ice you got to work to get puck possession you got to work to create space and they're all doing it now. And like you say, the last four games have proven that. It's like they're not just spinning their wheels hoping that things happen. 
they're making them happen and they're demanding that it happens and they're forcing the issue and it looks great, man. I mean, it, it's awesome to watch and 100% agree with you. It makes it more like, well, where the hell was that at the beginning of the season? But it was the beginning of the season. They're, they're working with each other, trying to figure out where everyone is. And, you know, you're starting to find some chemistry with lines and mix it up a little bit. And I'm starting to think like, I agree with you now that they've shown that they can do it. Okay. Now you've got to prove that you can do it every night and there's no excuse not to do it anymore. It's not, you can't go back to the old, well, I'm going to sit on the perimeter and hope I get, uh, you know, some big chances and hopefully we bury and hope this. And I hope that, and I hope this, no, you don't hope for nothing. You got to make it happen. And if their effort level isn't there in the future, you know, you can go to the tape and say, this is how you play, you know, and I agree with you. It's, it needs to be done every night. It's not an easy league to play. You're not good enough to show up and beat teams. You're not good enough to, sh to show up and beat the bottom of the barrel teams. There isn't really anyone that is, man. Uh, they've said in the past, coaches have said multiple times, anyone can beat anyone in this league on any given night. There are no sleeper nights. Yeah. There are no easy games. It's the it's the National Hockey League. So I, I hope they're understanding that. And whatever has happened to inject this type of effort into the lineup, whether it's the coaching or some systems or some leadership or whatever it is, it's looking a lot better. And now, that, now that's the expectations, right? I, I imagine you're going to expect this every single night. Everyone should. Rosie, I never want to hear an analyst say they can't question the effort level of a team ever again. Dude, go go watch the tape from October. Go watch the game against Arizona, Anaheim, San Jose. Like, list the shitty opponent they lost to. And tell yeah. me it's not night and day difference from what I, I saw last night, what I saw on Sunday, what I saw on Saturday against the Boston Bruins. So I never want to hear that again. It's like the cliche stock answer from any analyst. More so guys who have played in the league, by the way. They're like, oh... You can never question the effort and compete level. These guys are trying. They care. I don't buy that for a second because watching that game last night, dude, I was chuckling. I was laughing and I was texting with you, sending emojis watching that game. I'm like, who are these guys? Where has this come from? So that's what, and not to be pissed off about it. Again, in the long, long spectrum, you know, they go 2-0-1 in three games. I'm not getting pissed off about it. I'm just saying that's what makes me boil when you watch an effort like that and you compare it to what we've seen in the past, whether it's in the Stanley Cup playoffs or in the regular season, or in October, this past October, is just the, the finite difference in teams we saw out there, Rosie. It's all I'm trying to say. Nope, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, watching the game, like, speaking of intensity, I wanted to bring mm -hmm. up, like, did you see Nick Waugh after Lilligren's second goal, the third goal, snap his stick over his knee? I'm seeing that all the time. Have you ever seen that in your life? I had to bring that up. No. I'm like, these guys are snapping twigs, like Bo Jackson snapping a bat over his head. I don't understand because these new twigs, like you, the guys are using lower and lower flexes, it seems like, because you can lean on them and they snap back. So it's more like a noodle. So they don't really snap. Yeah. Where when you, you used to use a stick, like a 110 flex um, Easton Ultralight, if you try to snap that over your, you know, you try to give it too much flex, it just snaps. I don't understand how these guys are snapping these new twigs over their leg. I would never even dream of trying it. I like to think I'm a, a bigger, stronger guy. I could never break a stick over my knee if I tried. I can't believe I keep seeing this on the bench. It looks fucking awesome, personally. It does. Uh, and the best part about that was Nicolas Wa, I think, was out there for like three minutes. That was a shift where Matthews and Marner were just running them into the ground. And he was gassed, and he still broke the stick. They looked like they're on a power play, man. I was watching the shift going, oh, my God, oh, my God, they have to score. They have to score. They were running it around these guys, and obviously they're tired, but why are they tired? They've been hemmed in their freaking zone for two and a half minutes straight. 
and then ends up with that nifty dish from Marner and Lily goes top titty again, man. That was, that was a sick, sick shift. I was like, this looks like a power play out there and they were just working teams. And that's what I love to see about these big boys is they can take over and dominate and make guys look stupid. And we're starting to see it here the last four. So keep it going, man. We got to make the Pittsburgh Penguins look like donkeys out there too, all game on Thursday, hopefully. Yeah, that's why we're a good combo because watching that game and that shift, I was going to take my PS5 and throw it out my window because uh, again, I still don't know why I wasted my time watching the games in October to watch an effort (laughs) like that last night. I I can't remember in, in recent memory where I came out of a game, they lost, they coughed it up, I didn't care. I, I was happy with the way the team played. So I'm feeling positive on this Wednesday. You mentioned it. Two games coming up, a back-to-back. The Hall of Fame game on Friday. Then the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday. We'll get into that in mere moments. But first, the wrap-up is brought to you by our friends at Points Back Canada. Cha-ching is right, my dude. So I put everything on the line on yesterday's show. I said, if I don't hit this, Rosie, it's your turn to, to go at this. But lucky for me... And I was telling you off air, it was one of those things where it was like, yeah, I was happy the over hit, but I was also unhappy the Leafs lost the game. But it hits, so we move forward to tonight. You ready for this play? Hit me. So give me the Pittsburgh Penguins money line on the road against the Washington Capitals. Now I fully realize that I was burned with the Capitals on Monday. But I'm going to stick with them. Um, I think you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins, minus 131 on the road. I get it. I get the reason why that's the number. They've lost seven in a row, outscored 33-16. to 16. Rosie, if they can't get up for a game against their rival on the road, they are, they're finished. And I just believe way too much in Sidney Crosby. So I like Pittsburgh tonight to end the losing streak. Oh, Nikolai, I liked it at plus money, and then I see that minus 131. I'm pulling for you. It's one of those games where it's like, okay, you're due. Snap out of it. You're better than this. I was hoping they were going to be like plus 120, but, I mean, they are the Pittsburgh Penguins. I hope that you you know what you're doing here, man. I'm nervous. I'm nervous for you, but, hey, I was ready to take over this morning, and uh, you pulled out your bet again, so... You know what you're doing. You're you're way over 500. So I'm going to yeah. be honest with you. I'm not taking it. I'm yeah. not on board. I've taken everything you've taken up to this point. I'm a little nervous about that one, but I hope you win. And I agree with you last night. You hit the over, but I would much rather give up a few bucks and, yeah. and get the win for the Maple Leaf. So, hey, I'll watch. And now we got something to chirp back and forth about here. Exactly, because there's only four games tonight. I think if you want to look elsewhere, I would look at the over between Vancouver and Montreal. But I get your point. Like, there's just not much juice in taking Pittsburgh tonight, which is weird because they're on the road. Normally, the home team is favored. The Caps have had a pretty decent start, but they're banged up. And I think, obviously, Vegas is expecting there to be a bounce back at some point in time with Pittsburgh. But to your point, I've been seeing this a lot with teams like Calgary and St. Louis where you're expecting them to win a game, and they don't. But just for some reason, I'm on Pittsburgh. There's just too many studs in that locker room. I think they find a way against the rival uh, Capitals tonight. Hey, that's why they call it gambling, baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I bought myself a couple days, I think, with that victory yesterday. So let's roll on. Again, to wrap, mm-hmm. uh, coming up this weekend, the Hall of Fame game on Friday, then on Saturday, and uh, they play the Vancouver Canucks. We should tee up. Coming up tomorrow, one of your boys, one of the fellas, Luke Shen, stopping by the show. The human eraser. We're gonna see. <laughs> we're gonna see if he's happy in that market out west and the shit sandwich they got going on. We'll see if we can uh, 
lure him over to the Maple Leafs. Hit us up on Twitter and let us know if you think you want to see Luke Shen back in the number two Maple Leafs. Um, Maple Leafs jersey, that would be pretty cool. Blast from the past, I guess. It seems like two seconds ago that he was, you know, the face of the franchise, an 18-year-old rookie. They didn't have a whole lot going on in the on the roster at that point in time, and he stepped in. I still talk to him going, how did you step into the NHL to the Toronto yeah. Maple Leafs and be the face of the franchise with all that scrutiny, and he handles it just like it's nothing, man. He's just a, a consummate-born professional, and and uh, it was really impressive to come in there. I think I was there his sophomore year, I think, and, uh, you know, just a, a solid career he's had. He's he's carved it out, and he's still giving her in that league and making it work and being a presence and playing the game the right way. And, yeah, we're going to bring it back to the human eraser uh, tomorrow um, with our guests. So it'll be good to see him there. I want to see what the Leafs fans think about him and uh, see if we can see if we can tickle some feathers as far as getting them back east to the uh, to the Maple Leafs team. That'd be pretty cool. And we have to get rid of a rebuttal too. We had Scott Hartnell on last week and we talked about 30 year old Scott Hartnell fighting 18 year old Luke Shen. So maybe we get a thought on that, but just your, your background, is that how you guys pretty much met is uh, in your soft or in his sophomore season, you stayed buddies ever since. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just stayed buddies there. He's just, he just laughs at everything and loves the story <laughs> and just wants to have a quick bullshit. Yeah. He loves food more than anybody I've ever met in my life. You, you get to the rink in the morning. The first thing is Rosie, Rosie, would you muck for dinner last night? And I'm like, who cares, man? But he wants to know so badly and he looks so forward to going out for dinner. <laughs> and he, he used to be a chubby bugger. He loves showing this picture of him and he's just got these turkey tits and he's a big fella. They had to, his parents had to tell him to quit eating because he was just blowing up. Um, but yeah, loves food, but he, uh, he stays in shape because he works his absolute balls off on the ice and in the gym. And uh, yeah, then we both ended up in, in Philadelphia. So I kind of followed him around, I guess it looks like, but I, I just, Every single time I was on a jet in the NHL, Luke was beside me and we were just pumping country and Western tunes and telling some stories and staying good friends afterwards. So yeah, I'm looking forward to having him on the show. You got to get a picture of that, by the way, and put this uh, on the show tomorrow. Can you get your hands on that? 100%. I'll just ask his that brother, be... Braden. And he's oh my God. That... Yeah, so don't He'll tell. And, and obviously St. Louis is in a tough way right now. Braden's struggling, so are the Blues, but... If you can do that and then and then shock Shenner with that on air, I think that would be hilarious. And sabotage too, which we love on this show. It'll be easy. The whole time he's talking, let's not even show his face. Just have that turkey tits little <laughs> eight-year-old version of him. <laughs> that would be tremendous. Great stuff today, Rosie. Got a couple days off. Again, the lease back in action on Friday. That's also a reason why I like Pittsburgh tonight, by the way. Hall of Fame game coming up on Friday. You know the Leafs are going to try to bounce back after this loss. They're going to be feeling good. And then you just never know who's going to start in goal on Saturday. So they better win that game on Friday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. We know Shenner's in town on Saturday. So uh, appreciate it today, man. You killed it. And we'll, uh, we'll talk tomorrow, okay? Right on, dude. Good show. And, yeah, hopefully we uh, keep this train rolling. The man, the myth, the legend, Jay Rosehill. Remember to subscribe, smash that like button, leave us a review. This has been the Wednesday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Take care.